0: Welcome to the Charlottesville Photography Initiative Podcast, sponsored by Smugmug, Richmond Camera, Pro Camera Charlottesville, Crutchfield, and Nations Photo Lab.
1: cpi podcast and thanks for listening i'm your host today nick strokia the director of the cpi joining me today is chris debon and actually we are in the same office today not doing this remote why don't you say hi chris hey we're here in the same place yeah look at us (laughs) so uh we opted not for the skype podcast today just because a little bit of technical difficulties and we're hoping that uh the sound audio is is appropriate for our listening audience and uh thanks again for joining us in our August podcast, we will talk about who we are and what we're doing in the Charlottesville photography community. Throughout our commitment to community outreach, we regularly practice carrying with a camera here at the CPI, and on today's podcast, we will discuss our community outreach efforts for the month of August. Along the way, we hope to entertain, inform, and inspire your journey as a photographer, regardless of your level of experience or gear. Thanks again for tuning in, and let's get started. Well, here we are. It's August. It's uh, It's been a busy summer for everybody. We're coming off. Uh, look three and a number of other CPI events and uh, we wanted to actually take a little break um, from our regularly scheduled program and talk a little more CPI business which was our intent from the get-go. Um, we're also going to finish everything up with a interview from Billy Hunt where he's going to talk to his recent experiences or his recent transition into using HD DSLRs. So uh, it's going to be a great interview and we hope you stick around for it. Um, so for our first order of business, there's been some big changes in the CPI. We are going into a 501-3C, and so what that means to our listening audience is we're becoming a formal, recognized nonprofit, not only by the federal, but by the state level. Uh, What this will entail us to do is uh, have an ability to take any large uh, contributions to our organization and write them off as a a formal tax write-off. Um, we're hoping that this is going to be able to take us to the next level. What we want to do within the CPI, and we have some big plans about that that we're going to talk about in the in the near future. And um, it's an exciting development for us. And Chris, do you have anything to add about our five one three C?
0: Yeah, I think it's a really great way for us to uh, reach out and do some fundraising. You know, when you look at a great organization like the Piedmont Council of the Arts, and you know, our thanks to Maggie Guggen for Guggenheimer who's been a real help to our group so far gives us the ability to kind of reach out to some local corporations and folks that you know are willing to support the arts and uh, give us some direct funding which is great and allows us to uh, turn some of that funding back around into the community so
1: absolutely and we're looking forward to taking that that hopefully up, that future funding and putting it back into our organization developing and, and fleshing out some awesome programs that we have planned for you guys within the next 18 months Um, And the next uh, order of business that we have for the CPI is an increase in membership dues. So uh, starting in November, we're going to move to $40. And I'm going to play the good cop this episode and let Chris be the bad no, cop. No, I don't want to
0: be the bad cop.
1: <laughs> but Chris is going to explain to you about what we're going to do with that extra $20
0: that we'll receive out of you annually. Nick is actually holding a gun to my uh, the side of my head right now. But, no, just kidding. Um, proverbial gun. Yeah, no, we've always been like a very cost-inexpensive group, and there's never been any kind of uh, throttling in terms of becoming a member of the Charlottesville Photography Initiative. Um We really appreciate the fact that almost 100 people in our organization have become dues-paying members because we take every penny of that money and push it back into the organization. It either goes back into facilities, goes back into some really cool stuff that we do for the group in terms of walkabouts and workshops and and other things. And we've decided ultimately that the best thing to do is to try and um, have folks contribute to the group across the board. Um, and we know that we may lose a few of we a few of you <clears throat> along the way hopefully not um, because once again every penny that you contribute is going to go back into a worthwhile effort of the group. so we're probably going to raise those dues sometime in uh, early November. There'll be a grace period so don't worry about uh, you know having to pony up right away with the holidays coming and Christmas and all of that but it'd be a great way to kind of kick off the new year to have everybody chip in their forty dollars and uh, of course, You'll get some great stuff out of that as we go into 2012. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we also want to hammer home that that
1: $40 is going to come with an increase, uh, an increase of events and an increase of offerings for you. So we want you to feel that $40 is well spent. And uh, Chris, why don't you tell the audience about
0: what they're going to get with that $40. Well, you know, we're going to try and do at least four no-cost events in return on a monthly basis, which will be kind of nice. There'll be some extra gravy and icing that's in there, too, Um, besides our group meeting, which, you know, keeps sort of changing in terms of the way we critique photographs. um, We're probably going to move a little bit more away from doing a business section during that meeting. There might be a little bit of business, but hopefully that'll be here on the podcast, and then you can just show up for the meeting, and and things will be a little bit more focused on photography. Uh, the monthly speaker or speakers. In fact, Nick and I were just talking about involving more members in some sort of speaking engagement on a month-to-month basis, but we'll definitely be doing at least four no-cost events. In the past, pardon me, the shoot-off has been really, really popular. We had a great one in April. We just had another uh, terrific one in July, so we're probably going to put that up as almost a monthly sort of event, the small group discussions now, I think I've been going for, is it a, 10 months, Nick? Maybe yeah, a year or something like that?
1: About 10 months. It's been off and on.
0: Yeah. Guillermo, uh, or G as you might know, him, has been running those. And that, those seem to get a great turnout. It's a great way for ph- photographers to come to our space and talk about their photography and get some unbiased critique on their work. You know, uh, there's not so much a no punches pulled for that, but it's just an opportunity for people to... Think about composition, lighting, um, what they're shooting, how pictures are composed. Um, And then last but not least, I know it's been a couple of months since we've had a monthly social. We're probably going to continue down that vein. Um, Joel has been on, uh, uh, on a sabbatical this summer as he's doing his great modeling work. Hopefully you're friends with him on Facebook and see some of that. But we'll get back into the swing of having a monthly social probably like the third or fourth week of the month. And that's always a really great experience, too. So besides those four basic things that will be included with your membership, we'll probably chip in a couple of new things. So if you've got any ideas out there in podcast land on what you think the CPI could give you back on a monthly basis for that that membership fee, uh, let us know. We're open to ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And um and, and with the,
1: I just want to throw in a quick note about the small group discussion. So uh, the small group discussion is a great way to augment our existing group meetings. Some of the critique we've got back is that the group meetings are rather large and can be somewhat impersonal. So if you want to get back to some of the grassroots stuff that really kicked the CPI off, the small group discussion is the way to go. And uh, I highly encourage you guys to go there. So let me continue to play a uh, good cop here and, and go ahead and, and milk your your bad cop sitting next to me to the <laughs> right. I'm I'm a member, so why should I pay forty
0: dollars, Chris? Uh, why why are these member dues going up? Well, you know, if you take forty dollars and divide it by twelve months, or three hundred and sixty-five days, or fifty-two weeks in the year, I can't. I don't know what that works out to. It's like the old <laughs> NPR thing. You know, for only seventy-four cents a day, you could be a CPI <laughs> member. I don't or, know. Or save the a child, a starving child, right? <laughs> exactly. So. Um, <laughs> In this case, you know we really are the only kind of game in town for photography. It's it's kind of us and Look Three, and then there's another group that we we also support and love to work with, which is the Charlottesville Camera Club. But you know, um, in order to keep things kind of commensurate to what other organizations are char- like charging in Charlottesville, like the uh, Piedmont Council of the Arts, you know, we think forty dollars is an extremely fair fee, and that you're going to get a lot back from that, and you know it's your opportunity to to not only be part of the group but uh, possibly show off your photography route uh, your your photography to the rest of the community you know we have an annual photo contest this was the first time this year at look three where we're able to actually hang up some of our photography and participate and look through festival photographs so we're hoping that that's going to continue right into 2012
1: that's great I'm sold um, but in case you're not sold the uh, the membership dues also really enable us to continue to provide the caliber of service to our members. So a, a lot of things uh, don't they seem free on the surface, but there's a lot of associated costs that go along with it. So to continue to provide um, those events and actually provide them on a regular basis, we're hoping those forty dollars will help facilitate it and fill some of those holes that we've had in the past. Also, we want to expand and grow the quality of our CPI offerings, as Chris mentioned. Um a lot of our twenty eleven, twenty ten activities were a huge success. But again, uh, underneath the service, the surface, they do cost a little bit of money to put together, and uh, we're hoping that this extra bump in the twenty dollars a year will uh, will take a little um, stress off our backs. And also too coming up for twenty twelve, we hope to expand a lot of uh, CPI stuff that we're doing. We have a, um, a phenomenal community outreach event that's been in the works for a while. I've already alluded to it a little bit. I should probably stop mentioning it because uh, I might let the cat out of the bag a little too soon. Um, but we're hoping that these added membership costs will uh, will help us out, and
0: we hope that you'll be there to support us. That sounds great, Nick. Absolutely. And once again, um, we will be expanding community outreach this year. If you, you know, we get some folks that RSVP for the general meetings that we've got and some of the photo shoot-offs, but... If you've never had the opportunity to come out with your camera and you know give something to a group that's uh, you know supporting folks that are a little bit less fortunate it's a really great feeling to go out and do some of the work that we do every year if you haven't participated in a hell portrait we've had that 2 years running now it's been a fantastic effort um, we do Splash for a Cure in August. That's actually coming up August 27th. And yes, and we'll Nick, talk to
1: it later on this yep, podcast. Yeah, Nick, Nick
0: is going to circle back to that a little bit later. But, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to get out there with your camera and make some smiles not only on the lens side of the camera but the camera side of the camera because you go home at the end of the day feeling pretty good about what you've done. So, um, and once again, this just kind of circles back to, you know, these increased membership fees are something that go back into these uh, community outreach events Um, Nick's going to talk about the secret project soon. (laughs) And uh, also it helps support our facilities. You know, if you're a CPI member that hasn't visited our uh, headquarters at 300 West Main Street, that's right near the Lewis and Clark statue, if you know where that is, kind of near the Omni Hotel or uh, downtown near Feast Marketplace, uh, by all means, come to one of our small group discussions or, uh, you know, one of our general meetings there as well as some of the workshops that we've got coming up. We've got a great little facility that we really started to build great out. A great big facility. Yeah. 3,000 square feet nothing to scoff at. A really great big facility. <laughs> there you go. And, um, you know, we're working. We've got a computer in there. We've got a desk. We've got uh, lots of wall-hanging space for photography. And uh, we have sort of an impromptu studio that's been set up. And that's going to continue to grow in 2012.
1: Great. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Moving along, our next point in business, our August plans. So um, we're going to have our group meeting. In August, Chris, you want to talk briefly about what we're going to be doing with the group meeting? And I know also, why don't we take a quick second, too, to talk about it. I know the critique has gone through some recent evolutions. Not with my blessing, but not that I really care <laughs> that much. Um, but uh, go ahead and tell the audience about the August group meeting. Well,
0: you know, the, the, the photo critique has always been a point of contention because we've gone through a number of, different th- number of different versions where, you know, a photo will pop up on the screen, and if you were the picture, or the person who took that picture, you don't own up to it, you know remain anonymous and people would throw out random comments and sometimes folks feel uncomfortable doing that Nick would often pick through the audience like ma'am what do you think of that picture and <laughs> I'm still trying to break, break Nick of saying the word ma'am not but, gonna happen I'm <laughs> not gonna have it but um, we've been through that and recently the last couple of meetings we've actually changed a little bit and had folks get up and introduce their own photograph um, so if it was Lindsay Henry who's you know Recently, she'd been taking a lot of equestrian shots, which were really kind of cool. And She'd get to kind of get up and talk about like when she got up to take the picture, what she was thinking about, how she composed it, what the lighting was like, why she wanted to get close to the animal or further away from the animal, what kind of feeling or theme she was trying to get out of that photograph. And that's been kind of a neat way to introduce the photos, and then, of course, folks chime in with comments. But... After this last meeting, I had a couple of folks say to me, I want to go back to the old system where everything was anonymous. So, so it's <laughs> a little can't bit, please anybody, everybody. That's huh? right, you can't please everybody. So so we may just continue to mix it up and go with the anonymous critiques or have folks introduce their photos, which is also kind of nice too. And at this uh, month's meeting, you're going to get a chance to see the first kind of little bit of a uh, couple of members getting up and actually directly talking about their photographs. It will be either Ed Monteclavo or myself or possibly both of us Doing a little bit of sh- photo showcase stuff, and if I got an opportunity to get up and show my photographs, I'm certainly certainly going to throw that out for critique, because every time somebody says something about my photograph, whether it's good or bad, I get something from it, and it helps make my photography better. That's great,
1: and and just a quick layout too of, of what our August, or I'm sorry, our monthly group meetups. If you've never been to them, it's a great way to uh, introduce yourself to the group. It's it's large. Um, if you're the shy type, you can hang out in the background. If you're the uh, forthcoming type, we, uh, we readily make ourselves available, and we hope to, to meet a lot of, of new members and, and um, bring some new people into the fray because we have a great organization, and we want you a part of it. Um, also in August we have some uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and make our workshop announcements we have an awesome workshop in September it's actually going to be on September 13th it's gonna be hosted by Eric and Laura Kelly and if you guys aren't familiar with uh, Eric and Laura's work they uh, Eric is a wedding photographer and his wife Laura helps them out often and, and uh, she is uh, more keyed in as a uh, hair and makeup stylist for uh, weddings um, they are incredibly successful I, I can't think of the number but I, I think it's around They're shooting 38 weddings this season. Um, Phenomenal. So they stay busy. They travel all over uh, the U.S. shooting weddings. And um, their workshop on September 13th is going to be more business-centric and business-focused. So we we talk a lot about exposure and a lot about lights and about using the camera. But people really forget, or people maybe may not be cognizant of it, business on the back end is a huge element of running, sustaining a um, a photography business. Um, I can say, as a professional, I would shooting now that I'm kind of getting into more of a rhythm and working. It's only about 20 to 10 percent of what I do. The other 90 to 80 percent is really negotiating with clients and and working on my back end and all my infrastructure. So they're going to give you a really good uh, insight as to what their businesses practices are and, and what's made them successful. And that's going to be a two day workshop. It's going to be on September 13th and 14th. Uh, we're still working out the times, but we're planning on it being in the evening. And we're still working out um, the dollar amount, but I believe it's going to be about under under $100 for CPI members. So anybody who's had professional aspirations or even is looking to do weddings part-time, um, this is a phenomenal springboard to maybe help you or take you to the next level. Um, also, the, the other workshop that we have coming up, it's in October. It's uh, with Gabe DeLoach, who is a local filmmaker, and he's going to be doing an HD DSLR intro class. So, uh, whether or not you know it, some of these cameras can record HD video and they do a phenomenal job of it. And um, Gabe is uh, uh, tried and tested. He has a uh, phenomenal movie out called The Harvest. Or Actually, I should say he's produced a movie called The Harvest. By producing, I mean he's shot organized put everything together, and he's currently trying to sell it to the mainstream market.
0: So yeah, actually, he, I think I think the uh, the harvest is going to actually debut at the Virginia Film Festival this fall, and I think that's in October. I'm going to say with a question mark over it. So. Okay,
1: cool. So we know Gabe Gabe's a real deal. That's not <laughs> that's certainly not into uh, question. But but this will be a great crash course, and this is uh, again another two day workshop. It's going to be October fifteenth and 16th, and it's already posted to the CPI website. You can read about the event description. You can read about some of the bios. He's also going to be hosting it with a a still photographer named John Philip Sheridan, who uh, was a Charlottesville local, and now he lives in Richmond. And the cost of that workshop is $150, and um, it's going to be great. It's going to be hosted within CPI, and we hope any of you guys that are aspiring movie makers or just interested in learning more about the capabilities of your HD DSLR will, uh, will explore it. Also, we're going to be doing a quote-unquote virtual workshop, and this is the first time that I've uh, tried this, and um, we're, we, we don't really have anybody signed up right now, um, but it's going to be on August 17th, which coincidentally is my birthday, so I'm giving up my birthday in hopes that people will sign up for this workshop, um, but the gist behind it is David Hobby just came out with a new training video, and David Hobby's aka The Strobus, and um, I believe his training DVD or video uh, is about $100. So we're hoping if we can get 10 CPI members signed up for $10 a piece, we can host this, um, we can purchase this movie or this workshop video, host it at the CPI, and then maybe afterwards we will have a little bit of a working lab. Or perhaps, um, depending on the crowd size, maybe we can go ahead and, and watch parts of the video, pause it, try to uh, recreate some of the situations that he did. Um, regardless, it should be a great uh, learning slash social slash Um, education opportunity for cpi members to get to and and also if you've never uh, heard of david hobby or seen any of his work i highly encourage you to check out his his blog i I believe it's just strobist.com but we'll go ahead and put that in, in the show news show notes
0: yeah, I'll just uh, I'm gonna just say on the workshop stuff. Um, I'll reattack on the Eric and Kelly event. That should be really really terrific. Eric's been a big supporter of the Charlottesville Photography Initiative. He was actually the guy that kicked off Help Portrait in 2009. Sort of when the CPI, uh, as we were called the Charlottesville Photography Meetup group back then, <laughs> had just sort of started. <clears throat> Eric was also uh, super generous, letting us use Para Coffee a couple of times for our meetings and. also letting us do a help three planning session there last year. So Eric's thing should be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's where I met you too. Don't,
1: don't undersell that, right? It was magic. It was the worst day of my life. (laughs) Nick has ruined my life. Send me up the river. So, uh, our, our next topic is, uh, community outreach for the month of, uh, just simply August. We have a, a lot going on. Um, the Southwood back to school festival is Tuesday, August 16th. That's coming up. Um, that's going to be a great opportunity for you to get out and uh, be a part of your local Charlottesville community. For those you don't know, Southwood is a um, is a trailer park. It's located off of uh, Fifth Street, and there's a lot of um, low income families that live down there. But a phenomenal community, very close knit, um, very family oriented. I actually had the pleasure of working with uh, three Southwood kids for the Southwood Project, which is hosted by the Bridge every June slash July. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. There, uh, We're going to set up a photo booth. We're also looking for people to do photojournalism stuff. And um, that event is completely donated. It's, uh, it's a great, worthwhile event. And if you haven't signed up already, you can go to our website. It's on Tuesday, August 16th. And it's is Southwood Back to School Festival. And then the second event we have for August is Splash for a Cure. And that's going to be on August 27th. Um, Splash for the Cure is, a, uh, is an unbelievable organization. I actually got involved with them when I first moved to Charlottesville. I just happened to be in a Chick fil A, I think I was either scouting for jobs or apartments. And I, read in, I ran into um, their founder, uh, his name is Myok, and they had a uh, small table set up at the Chick fil A, and they were just trying to sell tickets and raise awareness about their organization. And I casually walked up to him and said, Hey, I'm a photographer. I don't know if you have anybody shooting this event, but I'd love to donate my time. And uh, that was actually the birth of a really great relationship. I've stayed in touch with that organization. Um, their mission is to fight neuroblastoma childhood cancer. So uh, Mayank actually lost his son when he was about two years old um, a couple of years ago. And ever since then, he's uh, vowed to, to fight this problem head on. And um, we've uh, had the privilege of being a part of it every year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but last year I think they raised what was it eighty-five thousand dollars in that one day
0: alone, or? Wow. Well, yeah, I was actually working at ACAC where the event is hosted every year, and I think it was a pretty good chunk of change. It was probably it was just a little bit south of six figures. So it sounds it, about right. Yeah,
1: it was up there, and and the great part is is that uh, the CPI photography that we provide um, gives them lasting uh, advertising material. It gives them uh, lasting editorial material. So you'll see uh, your images reproduced throughout their website, throughout their newsletter. So it really does create a lasting impact because um, we all know the power of imagery. I mean, people, if they see just a, a block of words, they're just going to keep on clicking through. But if they see a photograph attached to it, it's going to make you stop and maybe uh, garner some interest in, in what that article is about. So um, this is a, a really great event to be a part of. It's on, uh, again, August 27th. It's already up on our website. You can go ahead and RSVP and sign up for it now, and I highly, highly encourage you to be there. Every year, uh, Mayak speaks, and I don't think there's a single dry eye in the house um, after he gets done with about a, a 10-minute overview about what they're doing and what they've accomplished. So I, I've always looked forward to these events, um, hearing the news about how this organization grows, how it's able to, to fund research projects, and um, it should be a really great event.
0: Yeah, and we actually could use some more shooters for that right now. It's just myself and one other person, I think. Um, I actually need to RSVP when I get home tonight because it's on my to-do list. But um, we'd love it if we had about uh, six shooters for that event. Basically, uh, we'll be shooting from about 3 in the afternoon till 7 o'clock at night. It's at ACAC's Adventure Central Water Park, which is on Four Seasons Drive, which is a really fantastic water park. So after you're done wrapping up their shoot, you can get on the water slide, have a slice of pizza, have a bottle of beer. Um, uh, and it's a really great event. It's the uh, Ishan Gala Foundation. And tell your friends and family about that, too. They can uh, just show up for the event that day. They don't have to buy a ticket in advance. All the money goes to the Ishan Gala Foundation. Chris, do you think anybody will mind if
1: I go down the waterside with a slice of pizza and a beer in my hand at the same time? As long as you've got that horrible Sony camera with you, on, it's totally okay with me. <laughs> Great. Well, we're going to talk about our CPI winter-fall plans really quickly, and then we're going to go ahead and transition to uh, our interview with Billy. Um, so, for the uh, the winter and the fall, it's coming up pretty quickly. And the summer's going to be over before we know it. Um, just some big things that are coming up. We have our, our health portrait is going to be in December. And uh, Chris is a veteran of health portrait. Um, as we mentioned earlier, it's where we met. And Chris, can you give the audience just like a quick one-minute elevator speech about what Help Portrait is and, and how people can get interested. Maybe how, how can they get involved right now?
0: Yeah, Help Portrait's like an international effort. Um, and I think it actually started off as a U.S. effort, and now it's on its third year, if I stand correct on that. It started right. by yeah. Jeremy Cowan, who's a very famous uh, photographer based out of Nashville. Um, and it's um, help-portrait.com, I think is the, the mothership website. But um, essentially... Jeremy came up with a vision of bringing photographers together on a worldwide basis in cities all over the world um, to take pictures for the less fortunate. Um, At least that's kind of the basis of it. Anybody can come and have their picture taken, but typically it's folks that may not have ever had their photo taken or a portrait taken or a picture of their family, Um, and it's a pretty special event. it used to be have a floating date, and I think they've now got that rock-solid. It's either the first or second Saturday in December. I, I, no, I think I'm, it's the first. First Saturday in December is now kind of the lock date for that on a year-to-year basis. So if you're here in Charlottesville, um, if you go to the Meetup website, or I'm sorry, not the Meetup website. If you go to the uh, uh, Hell Portrait website, you'll find the local Charlottesville chapter. You can also find us through our Meetup dot com website there's a planning section there on that as well and uh... i think we must have had uh, twenty five thirty volunteers last year yeah come and help with the event it was great the first year we did it at the portico church which was a, a huge success last year we did it at the haven which is the homeless shelter down on uh... east or west market street east market street i should say and um that's a really awesome experience you know to take people's pictures and as nick was talking before about like uh... Mayank's speech at uh, uh, Splash for a Cure. There are often some times when we're doing photography at help Portrait where there's not a dry eye in the house. And uh, it's a really neat event. So, you know, we'd love to have you come and volunteer. We'd love to have you come and support us. It's a, kind of our flagship community outreach event every year for the Charlottesville Photography Initiative.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Chris. And sure. Um, just to reattack what Chris said, uh, if you could, the, the CPI is, gonna pro- is likely going to provide a majority of the volunteers, but just to, uh, for posterity's sake, we go through the um, Help Portrait website. So if you are interested in participating in Help Portrait this year, I wholeheartedly encourage you to go to the Help Portrait website and sign up. And then that's where we'll do a majority of our communication. Um, the CPI will also post an event, but that's simply for RSVP only. And last year, within our instructions, we directed people to sign up for the um, Help Portrait website. So we're going to probably kick off planning for that uh, s- sooner rather than later. Yeah. Last year, we got started about two months out, so I would say right around the first week in October, we'll probably bring our first planning meeting together. Um, we're actually hoping to um, get the word out about it a little bit earlier. We want to go ahead and hire somebody, or not hire, but maybe bring a volunteer on that can help um, with just dedicated health portrait, I'm sorry, health portrait promotions. Um, so look for that within the CPI mailer within the next couple weeks. Well, um, that's it for our business section and most of the discussion that we wanted to host uh, today. We're now going to go ahead and transition to an interview that I conducted earlier this week with Billy Hunt. Billy Hunt is a, a well-known photographer here in the Charlottesville community. He's been here for close to 10 years shooting as a professional And within the last couple years, he's transitioned from doing a majority of still work to doing a majority of video work with his uh, HD DSLR. So Billy's going to talk to us about his experiences, what his client landscape's looking like, and, and some of the current projects that he's working on. So I hope you'll stay tuned and listen to this interview. here with uh, Billy Hunt. Billy Hunt is a local photographer slash videographer and a friend of mine, an original CPI supporter. Um, Billy is a uh, cemented local pro, um, very famous for a lot of his work with Claw and uh, being involved with Charlottesville. And, and thanks for joining us tonight. How you doing, Billy?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks a lot for having me.
1: Yeah, of course. You're always a, a, a great um, resource for us in the um, Charlottesville community, and we, we thank you for your time. So... Um, so we're here today, we're actually going to talk, uh, Billy's had some transitions, um, I guess within the last year, would you say?
2: Um, are you talking about moving towards doing more video and things along those lines?
1: We're talking about more video. I probably should have set that question up a little bit more.
2: Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, let me talk about what um, what was going on with me. I, I've been a photographer you know, since, I, I think I got started in around 2001. Um, you know, professionally and uh, started with film. And then I, I guess, I don't, I guess probably like 2005 ish or something was thinking, oh, maybe I should try this whole crazy digital thing and <laughs> thinking that, you know, it would save me some cost. On, I, I, I've always shot a lot and my film costs and developing costs were very high. And I thought, you know, a couple of weddings would pay for a camera even if I used it 20 or 30% of the time. And I got a camera and I was like, oh, wait. You know, this was like an old one, like a D60 or something. And, um, you know, it was like, whoa, this is going to change the world. It ended up using it like 80 or 90% of the time, you know, and that rapidly became 100%. Well, when I got the new 5D Mark II, which is, I guess, came out in, I think it's been 2008 now ish. It's pretty getting pretty old. And I tried the movie setting. I had the exact same thought. I was like, okay, wait, the world's getting ready to shift. I need to, like, learn how to do this and so I started then just and I always started where I always start which is in my personal work and usually with the Charlottesville Lady Arm Wrestlers so I made some sort of promotional materials for them and put them online and businesses started contacting me having seen these very rough amateur videos and asking for things along those lines and I kind of fell into it from there.
1: That's great, and uh, yeah, you've produced some phenomenal work. I remember some of your early work was um, with you and Jen did something for Open Space, and um, I recently saw that you had the the ad for Mosquapo, and it all has a very professional um, appearance to. I mean, it is professional, I should say, uh, but it's uh, it, you know, it's it's quite startling um, what how quickly people can produce this uh, this great looking video with a very small footprint. How would you say HD uh, DSLR has, has changed your business over the last uh, year, or two years? What's let's get a you know maybe a quick client breakdown or, or you know where you're where you're going with that? I I think like
2: last year um, was the first year where I made more money from video than photography. It the video is growing much more than the photography side of things. Um, I think partly because. Um, It's getting cheaper to make both photography and video and um, a lot of like kind of up and coming photographers are sort of taking a lot of the photography business around and I've kind of jumped into the video bracket which was a higher income bracket with fewer people and I've kind of usurped some of the business of more sort of established, um, you know, video professionals because the big thing with the 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 video, the HD DSLRs, is um uh that that it's cheaper. You know, right. a really nice lens for uh you know a good video camera costs around ten grand. Well, you know, an amazing lens, you know, for these things costs a grand, You know, a tenth as much. So you know, it just I'm in a I can definitely do things at a at a better price point than somebody
1: who has you know has to have thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of year. Yeah, absolutely. H- have you noticed that um, as you've drawn in more clients, that your footprint is now getting larger? Like, are you accruing more video-centric gear?
2: You know, it's funny with that stuff. I've I am I like nice things. I have champagne tastes, I've <laughs> a bunch of crap. That is kind of how I roll. But it's funny with the video stuff. I've often found that. Um, Like, you know, you and I have had conversations about photography and whether gear matters and things like that. And and with the photography side, I really feel like it kind of does. A lot of the times, like a nicer lens set makes a difference, you know, and and it's a way to differentiate yourself. With video, with a lot of the sort of stabilization stuff and things like that, I've actually found that practice and technique has been more uh, useful than than gear. I've tried lots of things, and often what I've found is that if i just practice more i don't need that stuff as much if that makes any sense you know i can hold the camera more steady or i can do it with maybe a monopod and i can focus the camera just by almost by smell it's kind of hard to focus the thing sometimes and but if you just kind of keep keep at it you, you know you get where you, i don't think you need as much stuff you definitely need some audio gear but um you know there's some really pretty basic stuff that would let that lets you Kind of do it. And I mean, I can get in the weeds on the tech side if you want, or we can kind of skip all that if you want to.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll hold off on We won't get as nerdy. Maybe offline a little, a little later.
2: Good. Yeah. Great
1: so with your you mentioned earlier about um, your client landscape and and now uh you know this year was the first year that you've made more from video rather than stills uh, what's what what is your client landscape looking like are are you doing uh ninety percent video ten percent stills or what's like a quick breakdown and 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 who are some of those clients perhaps
2: well so last
1: year was my my video was the year where I kind of broke bad
2: on the video uh, jumping uh, you know, ahead of photography. This year's kind of, I'm in a sort of a, a, an interesting place. I'm really trying to make a go of it only doing personal work and really limiting my commercial work. So I've actually been turning down a lot of the sort of normal clients which is you know like kind of young hipster businesses wanting to have do some stuff on you know with social networking and things like that. That's sort of my video kind of base, and then, you know, my sort of wedding and portrait business, which I've been doing for a while now, and I'm, I'm really, I'm taking sort of choice jobs, jobs that I find sort of interesting, or jobs that um, are, are paid pretty well for the time, but I'm really trying to focus on um, making this feature-length documentary on the Charlottesville Lady arm wrestlers. I mean, that's my sort of major, um, you know, undertaking, and I find that it's just so time-intensive that I'm really trying to focus on that and cut my costs down and just sort of raise enough money to keep the lights on while I make this thing and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to sell it, you know, maybe next year.
1: Yeah. Oh, And with that, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about the, uh, the claw project and what you and Brian are up to and, you know, in in a paragraph or less.
2: Sure. Well, I've been,
1: there's this movement that started
2: in Charlottesville of these women arm wrestlers who it's kind of a sports event and it's sort of, theater, and it's also raising money for women's charities, it's kind of just this crazy mix of all those things, and I've been documenting it since it started, you know, right around the same time as I got into video, actually, but I started as a photographer, and over the last six months, uh, my friend Brian Weimer and I, who's also been documenting Claw as a video person, have uh, been going to the leagues that have been sprouting up across the country you know, and sometimes they're called Brawl or Loot or just different crazy names. And we've been sort of filming this phenomena as it explodes. And with the goal of making a feature length documentary that we'd like to see as a theatrical release, um, even though that's pretty challenging, you know, to sure. make a theatrical release documentary. But, um, you know, hopefully that's what we're going to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What do you guys? Uh, so when you got you're, you're planning a feature length film. I mean, that's that's a pretty big endeavor. Are, are you and Brian? Do you guys have a game plan, or are you guys going "quote unquote" Billy Hunt wild style on this thing?
2: I mean, it, Claw is a crazy thing. Well, there's there's two parts. One is the sort of the story, and I think that's kind of developing. It's, you know, it's still pretty new. It's only been going on since 2008. So, and it's only been going national for the last six months or so. So, will this will this kind of league? you know, grow and become amazing? Will it sort of fall on its face? And what are the sort of, you know, what are the personal stories of these people who come back and wrestle and, you know, get hurt and then come back or not and that sort of thing? Um, You know, but then there's the actual filming of it, which is completely wild style. You know, I mean... Yeah, sure. It's this crazy mix of... But you know, there's a lot of motion, and the light is really strange, and you know, and and people are rolling around on the floor sometimes, and you're having to dodge tater tots and glitter, <laughs> and people spitting beer on you. It's it's a really unique uh, event, um, you know, and it, it, I I think that I can safely say that Brian and I are the best. Video
1: documentarianists
2: of women's arm wrestling in the history of the world.
1: That's a bold statement, but I, I can back that up from from seeing your work. So you've seen um, you've seen both sides of the coin with claw. You've you shot it with stills and you have shot it with video. What are what are some overlaps? What are some completely uh, you know two different things that are on either side of the wall with regards to video and still shooting the same event?
2: When. I think there's two, there's two things to that question. One is when I was just shooting it as a photographer, the interesting thing is I didn't really care what happened. I was really looking for light. I was looking for angles. I was looking for sort of dramatic kind of moments. But I could kind of build whatever story I felt like. And I didn't really care who won or lost or, or what went on with regards to that kind of thing or really what it meant, you know, what it meant for women, what it meant you know, for the people who were, you know, acting, you know, is it feminism, is it exhibitionism, what have you? These like kind of bigger ideas didn't really come into play until I started doing video and, and really kind of seeing what happened. Um, you know, in a larger the in a larger context when I moved from what I've my sort of bad habits as a photographer I've noticed is that with video you really want to sort of hang on a shot more. I think it's really helped my photography as well, too. You know, uh, uh, Sam Abel, who's this amazing photographer, said that um, he finds a good background and then he waits. And I think that with video, that's really the case. You don't want to be sort of jumping around, trying to tr- to find the shot and, and, and whatever. You, you kind of get in a place... And you want to hang on someone, and you want to sort of see what happens, and you want to see what comes into the frame and what comes out of the frame. Because if you're always chasing the action
1: or the motion or whatever, you're never going to get it. You have to kind of get in front of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jay Mizell said the same thing too, and um, and that that's a really great point. So do you find uh, do you think video has has brought you a new sense of patience and maybe uh, deliberateness, if that's even a word, with your storytelling?
2: Definitely. I think that, um,
1: I really try to bring what I've learned in video into my
2: photography, which is sort of, um, you know, a level of organization and a level of just kind of calm and, um, yeah, and deliberateness, um, as well. (laughs) Deliberation. Um, But the thing that I think that I bring to the table coming as a photographer is, um, I find that people who've kind of been in video for a really long time are a lot less experimental and a lot less um I don't think they always are getting necessarily the best angles and things like that because by its nature video productions are a much sort of bigger more expensive uh more complicated endeavor with a lot of different people and stuff so you I I don't think it's harder sometimes for people to to try a lot of things, to try a lot of different kinds of lenses, to try a lot of different angles and different lighting setups and things like that. Whereas a photographer, I've really worked through a lot of that, you know, on my own when I was just me and a camera and some lights and, you know, and I can bring that to the party video wise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And um, so, so as you're moving down this video road, uh, what, do you, what do you think of still photography now? Are you still, um, are you still motivated to get out there and shoot stills or are you in this video centric mind or, or can you kind of flip it on and off?
2: I actually think the difference between video
1: and photography is sort of going away. I think that
2: um, they're both about sort of telling stories and they're both about just creating interesting content. I think that um, journalism is, even though Claw is a journalistic endeavor, is getting more challenging as everyone sort of has, you know, there's sort of ubiquitous cameras, you know, going from camera phones that are quite good up through, you know, professional level stuff. More and more people, you know, have really nice cameras. Um, So I I think, you know, doing more creative and sort of uh, constructed imagery and, and video is probably the way to go. A lot of the time, even though I, I am doing this documentary, you know, but I I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think the difference between the two is really becoming, I mean, you know, still cameras do amazing video, video cameras, you can, you know, the, the, the really high end video cameras, you can pull stills and get magazine quality imagery. And I think right. that's going to filter down through the, you know, all through all the way through iPhone photos
1: and things like that. So, you know, where is that taking us? I, I'm curious to find out. Yeah, that that'll be interesting. And and with you know these two capabilities within the camera, do you find yourself? Are you able to, um, let's say, there was somebody asked you to do a fusion video or something or a fusion project, or are you able to effectively mix stills and video and audio all in the same mix, or, or do you find yourself um, focused on on one endeavor or another at a time?
2: I tend to I tend to be focused on the video
1: or the photography.
2: Like with the the lady arm wrestling, I've really had to give up some of the caliber of imagery, you know, with these cameras, if you, if you hit the shutter to take a still, it, it breaks the video, and, um, you know, if you have a good audio track, you can do that, but if you're, if you're getting, if you're putting the audio into the camera, that is, um, kind of problematic, so I, I'm definitely taking less images, I'm sort of picking my moments, and I'm kind of picking in between moments a lot of the time to, uh, to, to do that, you know, um, with, Yeah, I I find I shoot a lot more horizontal photos. (laughs) I kind of just crop it now, if uh, crop it to vertical, knowing with intent that I'm going to do that because, you know, maybe I have a microphone on the camera or something that just sort of makes it kind of weird to flip it up or down. I don't know if that's from my own style or just because I've been doing so much video that I just sort of am, am looking in that kind of horizontal frame more, but that's how things are definitely rolling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So let's say, uh, you know, the ideal happens. You and, oh, I should say, not let's say, I know that you guys are going to put together a bang-up film. <laughs> and uh, and once that goes to Hollywood and you forget all about Charlottesville, you know, what What do you see that's that's next? I mean, I know it's, it's difficult to look into the future, but let's say this this movie is a smash hit, or, or would you like to uh, continue with commercial endeavors? Would you like to pursue more of this intimate type of work with, with familiar sources, or, or what do you think?
2: I don't think that... <laughs> it's funny i i don't know i don't see things in terms of scale like that so much um for me this is what i'm doing and this is what i want to be doing you know yeah if this uh if this is a big if this if i had a million dollars to do this or if i have you know five thousand dollars to do this to me that's just sort of elegant problem solving either way you know i think both of those things have a lot of problems and a lot of great things about it, you know? I recently heard uh, Billy Bob Thornton talking um, when he made Sling Blade, you know, which is, you know, amazing. Um, And he sent it to, uh, I think he sent it to Martin Scorsese and said, hey, they want me to edit this. They want me to cut it down. What do you think? And he said, and Martin Scorsese said, I don't think you should cut it down. And it's not because I think the movie's amazing or not, even though I like it. It's because the first movie you make that's the only chance you ever have to make the movie you want and after once you go big if you go big you think that you would have more power but often you have less because there's more people involved and those people sort of want to have their say and they want to change it and and you won't really get a chance to make the movie you want so i'm really trying to relish this opportunity to make this movie how i want to and you know, I've, I don't know. I've never really worried about the future that much. I just sort of try to make things that I think are interesting
1: and see what comes my way. That's great. And uh, that's that's fantastic that you have that mindfulness and that you have this patience now that you can put together this phenomenal video and this still imagery. So, congratulations.
2: <laughs> no, thank you. You're too kind.
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, thanks a lot, Billy. Do you have any closing words for the, uh, the CPI or the Charlottesville Photographers? Yes, I do.
2: Um, I think that the any sort of scale or whatever that I've gained has been for me from pursuing personal work, not commercial work. Um, I've always done commercial work. You got to keep the lights on. You got to buy the gear. You know that's great. But I think every person who's making media should have a personal project with no sort of expectation of income which can be sort of their playground for failure. If you can't fail at something, I really don't think you can grow very much, if that makes any sense. So a ton of sense. I, I sort of think, and it doesn't matter what that project is, and it doesn't matter if it's fleshed out or not, but just pick something that you sort of have just the vaguest sense of interest and bring it to completion and and put it up in a coffee shop or a museum or, or somewhere, you know, to kind of bring it to some level of, of completion because it'll just, it's just, it's such a beneficial experience for, you know, your, your growth as a, you
1: know, as a photographer or video maker or whatever. That's great. That's a uh, phenomenal words of advice. So, uh, and, and thank you again. We appreciate you uh, taking the time out this evening to sit down with me and answer a couple questions. I found this interview very insightful and very informative. And, uh, Thanks again to Billy. You guys can check out more Billy's work at billyhunt.com, and he also has a location on the mall, and you can stop in anytime. I know I do all the time, right? Come on in. Have some tea. Fantastic. Or a fresca.
2: <laughs> or a fresca.
1: Right cool. Thank you. a Thanks. Thanks a lot, Billy. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, and we're back, and I just want to thank Billy again for taking the time out to sit down and interview with me. Um, I, I found it was a very insightful uh, interview, and I had a lot of fun talking to Billy about it. And I hope you enjoyed a lot of his insights. So, uh, to wrap things up, we're going to have a discussion about member perks. So, we have uh, we try to provide a lot of these member perks, um, but they're not readily advertised. And we want to hammer it home and let every CPI member know about uh, not only the four free events that we're going to start offering in, in November, but just some of the existing things that people may not know about. Um, that, that are already happening within the CPI. And the first one is our Top Shot program. So if you haven't seen it, we hand out this little business card once you've completed your or paid your membership dues. And it's a really cool looking card with a little bit of comic format that Chris put together. And the premise behind it is maybe some of your favorite coffee shops or some of your sandwich shops, if you, if you go there, you mark off 10 free, or 10 notches, and then you get a free sandwich. Well, we hope to provide the same thing within the CPI. So uh, any event that you attend, if you have a Top Shot card on you, you can go to your event organizer and they'll sign off on it. And then once you have 10 events signed off, we have some great prizes that are uh, waiting in the wings for you. So we're still waiting on our first CPI member to give us a Top Shot card. They've been in circulation for about four months now. Uh, But just make sure that if you're at an event, um, you get your Top Shot card off, or if not, make a note about it or shoot me an email right after the event. And uh, just set me a reminder so that next time I see you or next time Chris or anybody in the executive committee sees you, they can go ahead and and sign off on it. And uh, it's a great program. We hope to uh, have every CPI member have a Top Shot card and we hope also to remember to sign your Top Shot cards. We're often forgetful ourselves. So if you're at an event and you're with an event organizer Uh, Make sure you prompt them about getting your Top Shot card signed off before you head out the door.
0: Yeah, and you know, kind of from a cool social media perk on top of that too, uh, the Charlottesville Photography Initiative, as of last week, is now on Foursquare. So make sure when you check in there, even for small group discussion, if there's no CPI executive in place, check in via Foursquare. And if you're a Foursquare user, you'll sometimes notice that there's special deals and discounts and other goodies on your Foursquare, and uh, maybe in 2012 there'll be a uh, Charlottesville photography four square discount or special <laughs> perk that might show up on your smartphones. So, you know what,
1: Chris, I'm feeling, gen- I'm feeling generous right now. Why don't we go ahead and, and make a uh, amendment right here, right now in this podcast to any of our listeners. If you just happen to be the mayor of the CPI podcast and it's the monthly group meetup, I'll go ahead and sign off three ticks on your top shot card. What, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah,
0: it sounds pretty good. I've already got a couple of check-ins at the CPI, so I'm like one more check-in away from being mayor. So you better better show up at the next event make sure you check in before I do. So uh,
1: Unfortunately, just like the military, Chris, all you're going to get is a pat on the back for me. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all I ever get, our swift kick in the pan.
1: <laughs> or both. And, and then also, too, uh, any community outreach event, you can get two marks signed off on your Top Shot card. And we also have a dormant program, too, called Snap Lunch, which is where you get together with anybody in the CPI outside of any CPI event. You sit down with them, and, and then you post a little blurb on our discussion boards about that person. So if you do that, that's worth one tick. Again, community outreach events are worth two ticks. Workshops are worth one tick. Uh, any group meeting is worth one tick. So, get out there, get those Top Shot cards signed because I got some prizes I want to give away and I want to wow you guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's always all sorts of good perks. And I mean, even though some of you don't show up to the monthly meetings, it's still a good reason because every so often, about once or twice a year, Nations Photo Lab sends us a nice big box of $25 or $50 discount cards for some of their stuff. And I've had a couple of Nations Lab, like 24 by 36 inch posters printed up. And um, that's a heck of a great deal. I mean, the last one I did was uh, was a 24 by 36. It cost me $24, and then the shipping was $2. So I had to pay $1 out of my pocket for an awesome kick-ass print.
1: And you never know when those uh, those Nation Photo Lab cards are coming down the pike. Wink, wink. It's not this month, though. That's right. <laughs> but uh, always good reason to show up for a meeting. Sure, absolutely. And then uh, our, our second membership perk, Chris wants you to talk about that.
0: Yeah, we um, we now have like the ability for members to do uh, use the studio at 300 West Main Street, which is a really nice space. I mean, typically Nick's got his equipment set up there. Can't may not be there all the time. Um, you know, certainly we're looking this year once again with that that membership donation uh, from folks and some other fundraising initiatives to actually buy some permanent studio equipment. We can have it at, uh, at the studio space, but. Um, We've now got a studio that's available for, uh, for rent. And if you're a, uh, a member of the group, another good perk to, to pay that $20 right now or $40 when it comes around in November, you get three hours of free studio time at the Charlottesville Photography Initiative. And it's a, it's a really nice space. It's quiet. Uh, it's you know, relatively cool in the summer when we've got the air conditioning going. And in the, the winter, it's pretty nice, too. Chris, I'm going to interrupt you for a quick second. So, I'm a
1: photographer here in Charlottesville and I'm a paying CPI member. I want to bring paid clients into the CPI and utilize my three hours. Am I allowed to do it?
0: No, actually not for that, not if it's a paid client. So typically this would be just for your own portfolio or your own work. That's what that three uh, three, three free hours of perk time is for. If you're actually looking to bring in clients and do commercial or paid work, then basically our cost is $40 an hour. Um, and that's for even up to the first four hours so if you wanted two hours it'd be eighty dollars three hours 120 and then once you hit the five hour mark the price drops from forty dollars down to 30 so just still a really great price for the use of an a class uh, you know studio yeah and let me let me play um, devil's advocate again advocate again so i buy five hours do i have to use all five hours in a sitting no you don't actually if you buy five hours you can uh, you only use three of those then you can come back at a later time and use two. Um, All we ask is that folks um, ask either Nick or myself or one of the other CPI execs for our studio agreement so you get a chance to read that over and look at a few of the minor caveats that we've got in there. Um, other than that, just sign the agreement, write us a check, and you're, you're all set to go. Um, I'm also working on kind of a checklist to help breeze you through the space in terms of, you know, if you need to use the Macintosh there and connect to the Wi-Fi router, we'll give you the username and password for that. We'll tell you how uh, the lights work, the electricity, the water, all the rest of the stuff that you might need to make a super successful shoot.
1: That sounds like a great great
0: deal do you know any other studio space in Charlottesville? actually i don't i don't think there's do any, I. anybody <laughs> out there that's offering what we've got so it's a it's a heck of a great deal so and by all means you know if you haven't seen the space come by and check it out ask questions you know we're here to help you out and make it a success We, you know we want you to have a really great shoot and if you, you go back and look at some of the comments for some of the workshops we just had, you know, go back and look at, like, uh, Will King and Ron Dressel's workshop from about a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, and you'll see people's comments on what it was like to use the space and do photography at uh, the CPI. It's a really terrific spot for, for studio work.
1: Aside from the summer heat.
0: Aside from the summer heat. It's a little <laughs> muggy down there sometimes in the summer, but... Uh, you know, um, we
1: do, we can do. do, we do,
0: we can do There you go.
1: <laughs> That's great. Um, and then we're also going to put in the show notes, Chris and I's email address. So you would just contact us direct if you wanted to schedule studio space. And the only caveat is that we ask that you do it at least three days prior to your shoot. Um, you can do it a day prior, but just to make it a little easier for our tenants who, uh, rent out space from us, we politely ask that you try to book it three days in advance.
0: Yep. That sounds good.
1: Okay. So, uh, Chris, I'm just going to keep on playing um, the the question guy here, and uh, social networks. How do I keep in touch with the CPI outside of our CPI website, which is great.
0: We've got a a Twitter account. You can pretty much uh, find us at um, thecphotoeye, I believe, is the address for that. We've also got a Facebook page. You can just do a search on Charlottesville Photography Initiative. Uh, Of course, we've got the meetup page itself, and those are always terrific engines to go out and uh, find out what's going on with stuff. So um, we've also got a corporate account on Flickr and a corporate account on LinkedIn. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Flickr and LinkedIn, and now, as of last week, Foursquare.
1: Foursquare, excellent. Let me uh, mm-hmm. just go ahead and correct Chris. Our Twitter handle is CP Initiative.
0: CP Initiative. CP right. Initiative. Sorry. I no set that up, and I should have known better. So, if you hear any links from us,
1: by the way, and we uh, don't jump at them right away, check the show notes. G's looking over our shoulders. Those are always going to be the uh, the most correct place to be. Uh, thanks for listening this this uh, this month. Um, in conclusion we talked about a lot of uh, we talked about our 5013C about how we're going to transition to that we talked about our increase in membership dues some of our August plans and our workshops and then some of the upcoming community outreach events Um, I want to thank Billy for taking the time out to interview with me I want to thank Chris for hanging out with me today yeah it was great I also want to thank G who's working diligently behind the scenes to engineer and put all this podcast stuff for us together and I also want to thank our sponsors once again Smug Mug Richmond Camera Pro Camera Charlottesville Crutchfield Nations Photo Lab. Most of all, I want to thank you for joining us today. To learn more about the Charlottesville Photography Initiative, you can visit us online at meetup.com forward slash the CPI, and that URL will also be within our show notes. You can also find us on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Membership right now is $20 a year, which qualifies you for many of our events, education, networking, and community outreach opportunities. Our next podcast is going to be in September. Also, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts and get some of your feedback. And in the meantime, keep shooting everyone. Thanks a lot.